Hello guys and girls, and welcome to episode 127 of the F Reality Podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show, live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and on Twitch. We've actually stopped pushing the show live to Facebook, so we're just going to probably just upload whole episodes of the show to Facebook in the future, so something to be aware of if Facebook is your platform of choice. But don't forget, you can also catch the show live in VR using big screen TV. The show goes live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and on Spotify. And if you have any questions, comments or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat. We'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Of course, now it's time for me to introduce you to the team. First up, this guy loves nothing more than to squeeze himself into a cupboard-sized space and get super hot. It's my Dutch brother from another mother, Snaithy. How you doing? Yeah, dude. Super hot indeed. <laughs> right? That's my, that's my jam. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Yeah. yeah. It's, a lot uh, of people are concerned about you right now, right? True. About, <laughs> you mean, you mean the, the boo flu? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, since I've I've been in China, everyone is scared of me. So uh, yeah. it's, it's going to take a while before it goes away. But uh, it's fine. You know, I work from home anyways. So you don't have to be scared of me. You know, the He's videos, in his own quarantine. Uh, yeah. yeah, the videos get, get uploaded over the Internet. Uh, and there is no uh, virus involved with that at all, as far as I know. Yeah. But a lot of, a lot of your, uh, your, your, your audience are commenting <laughs> yes. about their concerns about you, right? Yeah, yeah, they are uh, very concerned uh, that some some people already think I died. And these are last videos that just went up uh, that someone else is doing it for me. Um, and, and next to that, people are constantly warning me that it might be, you know, you know, somewhere uh, in my eyeballs or I don't know. It's these strange comments. Well, it's good to I, it's I nice. love how like how this like gets like very scientific right from the get go. Yeah. I think he has coronavirus in his eyeballs. Like, <laughs> what? Well, like hey, how? Rowdy, welcome what? to the internet, my friend. Yeah. He did wear a Vive <laughs> in China. So, you know, yes, that's, that's yes. why. That's yeah, why. That's why. Yeah. Uh, but glad to glad to know that you're safe and well. And, but the, yes. you know, it's nice. It's nice that you've got an audience that are concerned, at least. I, that's true. Yeah. In, in a funny way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next up. This guy was blowing up Reddit this week with his escapades in the Bayou, playing the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. Say howdy to Rowdy. It's Rowdy VR. How you doing, dude? I'm doing all right, dude. Yeah, it's been it's been a crazy week for me, especially since like I started the new channel and uh, like uh, things uh, went really fast all of a sudden. I didn't expect it like that. I had a very fun video out. I had a lot of fun in Saints and Sinners. I already talked about it a couple of episodes, so. Probably won't do that again, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'm doing fine. It's pretty cold here. It's it's like winter has just started. I don't know really why. Still wearing a t-shirt, but I'm a bit chilly. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm doing all right. Good, good to hear it. Yeah, and just a reminder, you know that Rowdy has got a new channel now. It's Rowdy VR, right? Uh, so go check it Indeed, out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, next up. Arguing over whose turn it is next to cook dinner in the Zimtok household is always a bit, you know, dangerous. Generally ends up in a sword fight to the death. In VR, of course. It's a VR streamer, Zimtok5. How you doing? <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, that's how we settle our disputes. Yeah. I was going to say, does anyone here have a number for uh, domestic violence uh, hotline? I need one because uh, I've been taking a whooping from my, my wife. Yeah. Who's also a big gamer. And actually, the sad thing, the sad truth is she was a gamer long before me. 
There's a there's a picture of her sitting down in front of a television like with a gamepad in her hands when she was two. And I think I first had my first uh, Super Nintendo, I think, was the first system my brother and I bought it. Like, I was eight or nine. Uh, I, I didn't get the jump for quite a few years. But, um, yeah, we've been enjoying our little uh, duels in, in Quest v. Quest streams. So those have been lots of fun. And Mike's alluding to Iron Lights, which you got to play. And uh, I'll talk about that in a, in a minute or two. But... Um, yeah, good week, but it's just fun to be plowing into something. Again, I tend to tinker a lot and try to fix all the little bits and pieces. Um, and I think it was a very nice thing this week to get on with uh, Oculus support and and actually get fantastic support. I was like, nah, you know when you ever go to like a support center, you're like, oh God, you allocate like 45 minutes of your life just for waiting. Um, and when you get like immediate support from someone knowledgeable, it's like, what just happened? It feels weird. So uh, it doesn't happen often, and I have to give a thumbs up to them. They've uh, done a good job at servicing me this week, and uh, hopefully they'll find a way to break through the problem that I've uh, been having, which is uh, with Oculus Social and two people connected on the same network, having a bit of a warbly sound coming up in the audio. And got a few things we're testing, us and them. So uh, we'll see if we can fix that. If we can, we'll report it back here. Nice. Nice. Good to hear it. Good to hear it that you're having fun as well, you know, with your wife, Karen, playing these these streams together. And it's great to hear that she's uh, whipping your ass as well. Yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah. On average, she beats me, uh, which is sad, but uh, I think yeah. I'm still better at Arizona Sunshine. So we'll probably do that next. Yeah. So next week, Karen's going to be on the show, actually. So anyway, uh, last but by no means least, myself, the host of the show, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. Now we've got an awesome show for you today. Some of the highlights include some new DLC for both Pistol Whip and Beat Saber, including something interesting from Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's going to be um, we're going to be talking about a company working on uh, remotely controlling a robot avatar using VR called Tele Existence, which is super interesting. Looking forward to talking about that. Uh, Zim's going to give you the lowdown on the latest releases to look forward to next week. And then finally, we're going to be discussing the newly announced Lynx headset, which boasts both VR and AR capability in a single standalone headset. So mm. very interesting indeed. Uh, but first, let's find out uh, what everyone's been up to this week, the highlight of the week. Uh, and first up, let's pass it over to Zim first, maybe to talk about Iron Lights, if that's going to be your highlight. If, and if it's not, then is it not my turn? I'll let you go with it, either way. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> it's wow. going to be Iron Lights anyway. Um, I, I, I like the Iron Lights. Iron Lights, for those who don't know, is an upcoming Quest game. It's going to launch in spring, is what uh, Mr. McNeil has said. E. McNeil, uh, he, he actually developed a game um, which is it's so different from the kind of strategy games he's done before, things like Astraeus and uh, Darknet was the reason that I knew him, and he reached out and he was like, hey, you guys want to copy this? You want to play? And I was like, absolutely. Let's give it a shot. Because I'd seen it teased, and I saw the Kickstarter, which is going down. might actually be finished, but uh, it's, it's, it maybe has a day or two left. Um, but there's a Kickstarter up for the game. You can you know back it for $15 or whatever. But it's basically a, an arena-based fighting game. And I think the coolest thing when you first play uh, Iron Lights, like my wife and I have been doing, is you have these like stages, like very gladiatorial arena, and then they float up in a real comfortable way. Um, which I was surprised at, but like real comfortable, like snap together, like two halves of a circle. And then um, in very anime-esque style, you're like your sword flies down to your hand and then you fight and you fight in like two different ways. So you fight uh, far away and you fight up close, like melee combat. And I think one of the things that like people will expect from the game will be their first like plate shatter um, will be that the melee combat isn't like, fast-paced, like, just waggle-fest. It isn't that way. 
In fact, the the faster-paced combat is back away from each other when you're doing things like arrow shots or um, if you've got the big blade, you can draw a blade down and it does like a, a line attack that like soars through your opponent and they have to block it oh, by shielding cool. themselves. That's like they, they have a really great like anime vibe to the whole thing. And then when you get close, it's like slow down, like super hot style slow down. And so it's and, player and v player. Wait, with are you supposed to get close, or does it happen automatically? Do no, you, you do that yourself? Yeah, or? you trigger it. So you basically, if you imagine like pulling a rope, you hold oh, down okay. a button and you pull, or you hold down the button and push to, to kind of go backwards. But you've got like a mm. stamina, um, so you'll only last even if you're fully charged up. You only last like ten seconds with the other player. And the interesting strategic element of it is. <clears throat> if I'm launching an attack, say I pull in against Mike, right? Mike's there. I've approached him. I can attack. He can defend my attacks, but he can't damage me. So he has to, it's like my, I'm assaulting and he has to defend. And so every oh. swing that I make, I have to at least draw behind my head. So say like I've got a sword out. I'm going to use this pencil as my sword. I pull it back here. I draw it in front of me to try and strike him. He blocks it. It'll go ghosted. And I have to kind of recharge it by putting it behind my head again and swing again. And so I have to keep kind of coming at him from different angles or psyching him out and then doing a strike. And because they've got like a rapier, which you can poke with, they've got um, like a proper... What, they got a what? A rapier. Rapier. Okay. I, th- you- I thought you said something different. That's yeah, I, I have the same uh, problem, oh actually. Uh, sorry. Yeah, but go on. <laughs> Jesus, you guys. <laughs> so they've got a whole selection of like five different classes... Uh, all different weapons and different kind of defense mechanisms. Um, really neat. I'd recommend checking out like footage of the game. And and that dynamic, like the first thing I, I felt was like disappointment. My wife was the exact same. She's like, why is it slow? And then uh, after you play it a few times, it's like that's actually the whole mechanic that draw, that I think the game is uh, founded on. Like that's the fun of it. Uh, because you're, you have to find a way into striking the other person. Like, I was just, you know, I was saying, ah, going for a headshot. And my wife's like, you're not shooting my head. I was like, I'm not going to tell my opponent where I'm shooting. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and <laughs> it's just fantastic. I mean, she ended up actually, again, kicking my ass at that one, too. but <laughs> Which doesn't say much for me as a man. Um, but that's all right. Uh, so she won boss of the house. We actually had a fight to determine who was the boss of the house. And she actually won that one. <laughs> so that uh, that was my low light of the week. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, like, really curious how... Uh, the, the the dev is going to sell this game to people because on let's say from the perspective of not playing it it doesn't look that exciting uh, in my opinion yeah. well it, when you play it it's totally different it's yeah I think they're um, it looks slow it looks very slow yeah the the trailer the tra- that's the thing um, the the kind of up close combat people are like wow that doesn't look as exciting as a trailer but all I can say is and this is very true about Go and Quest games. I've found is that when you're playing them and you're in VR, the impression of speed or excitement is amplified. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with this game, it is no different. I think they did the lighting yeah. in the arenas really well. It's super smooth. There's no bugs, so to speak. There's a few feature things that um, they haven't implemented yet. But for those who Kickstarter it up to a certain level, I think they're going to get access to this build. And basically, mm-hmm. you just put a code in. Like, I come up with a password. I give it to Mike, and we can just play and uh, uh it's it's the nicest thing about it and i i was like wow this is quite ingenious there aren't that many games that just focus on like one-to-one combat and it solves that problem things like um racket fury or racket nx solve this because it's like you don't need 20 people to have a multiplayer match you just need one other human and so it means even if the game 
wasn't getting a lot of attention still have the ability to connect, you know? So that's that's what that's why I'm excited for it, for uh, for the Quest, because I, I really think it's going to be a, a very um, engaging multiplayer experience for people who are maybe on their own with the Quest and, and just need to hook up with a stranger. So. Yeah. And the game is also going to be coming out for uh, Rift and Steam VR as well. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, Nathan made a good point there about the way it looks, because uh, I felt the same way as well when I watched the trailer. I think this is one of those games that would really benefit from live support, especially with the armor yeah. around you. And if that armor disintegrates or falls off, ah. if you're watching a stream and you you saw the real person and their armor falling off after getting like you know hit with a sword hit or something, yeah, that would that would make it look a bit more exciting. I think. One feature I got to mention for creators, which is really cool is the game allows you to capture a replay after the fact of the match you just had. So if you had a really good battle and you want to save it and watch it back later. But then you can also GIF export a clip of that straight to Giphy, and you have control of, like, the camera rotating around the two actors. High, low, slow, fast. Um, And so it makes it really easy to spread the word about the game, which is a feature Mm. that I really like, and I think that that was smart. Yeah, that's interesting. But particularly with Live, you know, they've got the tools already with their avatar system to um, to have mm-hmm. armor that gets shattered and falls off bodies. So, you know, oh. it'd, be, it'd be good if they linked up and, and, and did that, I think. Uh, but nice nice little suggestion, though. Yeah, um, there you go. What about you then, Rowdy? What have you been up to this week, dude? Yeah, I haven't played anything, like, new and exciting. I did dove a little bit back into Pavlov. Uh, but this week, what I've been mostly doing is working on the video for GTA Five. Um uh, which I talked about last week, um, <laughs> and I know that Mike is probably going to talk about it a little bit later on, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna delve into any details. Um, and then I also dove one short session I had in the, in the forest. That uh, was one of the games I haven't tried in VR yet, uh, but <laughs> for some reason I haven't encountered any of the scary part yet. So I've just been like chopping trees and like mm. I, I've done it with multiplayer. I do like it a lot that it's multiplayer. Uh, so I went in there with with Chris and with uh, with Wackycast, and uh, you know we had a, we had a lot of fun just messing around in the forest. Um, but I haven't encountered anything that is like even remotely scary. And I th- I was like, is this game supposed to be scary? So I think like the difficulty is set like too low or something. Uh, but uh, I I need to figure that one still out. Oh, it'll but it's a fun game though. It'll happen. It'll come. Oh yeah. yeah, it's. Although I had some, I had a few. This is the first time I encountered it in a game that. Um, it has for the VR settings. It has an audio driver setting. So in the game itself, you can select the audio driver that it exports to. Hmm. And for me, it didn't auto select. Uh, you know the Windows default standard one, but it selected. I think like my Yeti Yeti ma- microphone is like uh is like an export audio source. So for the first one hour and twenty five minutes, I was trying to figure out why my audio wasn't working in the game. <laughs> <laughs> So that that was my first one hour and twenty five minutes, and afterwards I realized that there was a setting in the in, in the VR menu only that specifically instructs that there is a a driver uh, selection. Um, yeah. That's so probably to get people, around the original. You remember when like people had th- like the Rift and I stuff, so. and they wanted to get the audio so. not to the headset? Yeah, I bet you that's I think why. So. But yeah. it's weird that it doesn't like auto select, at least for me, not the Windows default. But yeah. if there are other people who have played the fours and encountered a problem, then it's likely related to that. Yeah. Old game now, though. Good yeah. point. Yeah. But I saw that recently uh, Bowl, uh, you know, fan of the show, friend of the channel, um, had played it this week with a friend, and he'd actually completed it. 
with a friend as well. So, uh, and he was one of those people that said it was a worthwhile experience. It's something that I haven't yeah. tried yet myself. So, yeah, if you, uh, let, let's say if you followed a storyline, it's pretty. You can finish it pretty fast because yeah. the the open world itself, at the start of course, of course, feels very big, but it's it's not crazy big. The island you are on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Would you recommend uh, it then, Zim, as a, as a sort of a, oh, yeah. as an experience? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. I mean, like, um, the only thing that I would say is, like, the introduction, you come off the plane and stuff, the controls feel pretty janky at the start. I think mm. Raddy would say that. Like, they feel pretty, like, 2016 or 2015 yeah, dated. And the camera angles. Like, I mean, we talked about, like, the camera angles of GTA Five last week, how they fixed it with the cutscenes. But yeah. even though this has VR support, like, it's really not better. <laughs> like, yeah. all of a sudden, you're, like, out of your body, looking down on yourself and, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, what's going on and, like... The menu is weird, right? Like, like the like menu the, is weird. The yeah. menu is basically a tarp or a blanket laid out in front of you, like a like if you're a camper and you have all your things, so you can actually see like the meat chunks you've picked up or rocks or sticks or whatever. It's kind of neat um, to see it that way, but it is also yeah. kind of weird. So yeah. I, it definitely gets a recommendation from me if you've got at least one other person to experience it with. If you're doing it on your own, I think the bugs and the kind of awkward pieces of it will stand out too much yeah. yeah yeah also it took me about 25 minutes in order to find the settings menu because i didn't know it was on the on the you know the, the thing that i lay out so i was looking in my <laughs> journal because I, I would say like the journal is the logical place you know i've played a ton of vr games yeah. i always put it in the journal and for some reason it's a laptop that i brought to the island like <laughs> how the heck like there's a laptop that's in my in my in, and and Ah, that frustrated me. Yeah. Broke wow. 25 minutes. <laughs> wow. Nice. Well, at least, like, there's a new one coming out uh, later. There is? Uh, a new oh, yeah, there forest is. game. There's a trailer. Forest 2, The Sons of the Forest. Sons yeah. of the Forest is what it's called. Looks amazing. And the thing is, it's like, please bring VR support. From the get-go. Please. Have they announced anything about that? No. No, they haven't. But it yeah. looks... They did show some first-person stuff, so I mean, I'm gonna guess that it's gonna come. If if, if it does come to VR, we should actually do a podcast in in the forest, oh and God. we do it around this campfire <laughs> until it derails. So we we keep talking until the let's say the the crazy people start attacking us. Yeah, that's and it's all live. You can watch it live. Yeah, especially and because Nathy hates horror stuff, so it would be <laughs> yeah. worth watching it for that alone. Yeah. Um, but what about you, then, Nathy? What have you been up to this week? Yes, so let's uh, let's first dive into the chat. Sure. We have uh, Wato UK who still has problems on PC. Like uh, I'm not sure if you still remember, but he tried mm. to install The Walking Dead a few times and other other games, and you know the gigabytes were flying to like this wormhole and things like that. Um, but um, yeah, so he played Asgard's Wrath on Link, um, but he had to restart the game from the beginning as his save game was crashing the game on startup. Happens to the best. Um, but he also played Elite Dangerous and Assetto Carsa on the Pimax. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's actually, uh, you know, if you do have a Pimax and you play racing games or, yeah. you know, uh, flying sims, it's uh, it's amazing. Um, then we have Eric Hartley, who went back to some classics. Lone Echo 2. No, sorry. Lone Echo 1. I was going <laughs> to <No>. say. <laughs> early access. No, no, no. It's, nice. like, it's the first one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dang it. I said something I wasn't allowed to say. Um, damage score. Oh, man. That's brave. That is that score. Hey, 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 remember. 9.5 nine, uh, nearly masterpiece by Upload VR. There we go. Um, yeah, that was their uh, biggest mistake true. ever, I think. That's true. Then we have Dave the Psycho, who uh, was badly sick this week. Wasn't, oh. wasn't, wasn't me. Wasn't me. Um, 
he uh, only played Asgard's Wrath and The Walking Dead per usual. So wow. if you're sick, there there is still a certain mm-hmm. amount of, of games. There's like a bundle to it when yeah. you're sick. Um, <laughs> sick bundle. Yeah. Uh, then we have GNVRS Gaming. He played Air Car for the first time and um, found uh, a favorite Beat Saber song in there. Hmm. What? So, in, in Air Car? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what I'm reading here. Interesting. That's, I mean, Air Car is <laughs> that like free... Uh, demo, which is a very um, uh, technical technological future, which feels yeah. a lot like uh, what's that Harrison Ford film, Blade Runner? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's it's good if you haven't tried it before. It will last you ten minutes. <laughs> okay, well, can also be quite intense as well. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it as your first VR experience. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, last but not least, gaming science teacher highlight for me has been big screen cinema. Saw Ghost in the Shell, and it was great. Also, nice. I thought he was going to say, I watched the latest episode on the podcast. Missed opportunity there, my friend. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, just wanted, I want the support to come here. My wife and I are just like waiting for like a good, yeah. if anyone's keeping tabs on it, please shout. Because um, I, I do want to try that. I do want to pay for a film and watch it together side by side. But like yeah, the, the, the European way, releases have been kind of neutered. Yeah, the best way to check them out is to go to bigscreenvr.com and uh, check out the showtimes. I know they're running a horror week this week. Um, but yeah, it's generally only one out of the four movies that uh, generally tend to be able right. to be shown in the UK. But like a, sh- a shout to big screen, big screen if you're listening, I do want there to be some kind of alert mechanism where I can be like, for that type of content, tell me when you're subscribing, like a newsletter or just some push notification. Because yeah. like, I don't have time to keep checking your website. Yeah, a newsletter would be a good thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have one. I'll have to double check. Um, but yeah, nice. So what about you then, Nathie? What have you been up to? Uh, no, not much, not much. I, uh, of course, I worked on some videos I made uh, um, in China. Uh, one of them being something that you mentioned at the start, going to this uh, uh, public VR booth. Mm-hmm. Like you have, you know, those red telephone booths in uh, in England, right? Yeah. But then imagine you don't call in it, but you can play VR in it instead. Um, and um, yeah, I made this this little video of me playing super hot in there, talking about. Uh, it may be uh, being able to help us getting closer to VR, you know, getting more mainstream since these uh, VR boots are completely public, are open 24-7, and you can find them in, you know, just areas in a city. So usually you have to pay to get inside somewhere to experience VR, but this is all just on the outside. So if you want to play a VR game at night, you can. It's, it's, it's up to you. And they had this awesome library from you know Beat Saber to Pistol Whip, Space Pirate Trainer, um, Super Hot, all all of the big uh, games were present in that uh, in that machine. So it's it's really nice, and uh, it's it's a great opportunity for developers to not only um, create an extra source of income, but it's also uh, a good way to promote your new titles um, because you know people try they're like wow. Have you heard about that? You can play it on the, you know, on the corner of the street. And if you are a vendor, let's say you you have a supermarket or you have whatever store, you can put it in front and make some money. Like the one I showed uh, on my uh, video, they made around like 800 bucks every uh, every month of that. So huh. so it's it's a win-win but for everyone. Like, th- does that... Inc- 
is that after like paying like for like the the resources because like if you if you buy like for example like a steam license you can do that for like certain types of games mm-hmm. in order to show that to uh yeah because yeah. this is more like an arcade license right yeah yeah this this was like this was an official license this was uh, like an actual library that you you know rent in a way was yeah. there mm-hmm. anything interesting in that library was it, like uh, there were some strange bootleg games in there too that I never heard of but um let's say Beat Saber and those titles were definitely the ones uh, I would have gone for um, but the the funny part was that on the outside was this big uh, TV screen with trailers on there but they were playing trailers of games that you couldn't play but on the other side I mean that's marketing as well but you had like uh, all these like fancy trailers from let's say last year on there um so almost like none of the trailers i saw on there were the games you could actually play well i mean if you put super hot on there i think it's fine right but yeah I don't but know it, where they got it from. <laughs> it, it was so funny when I was watching the video and I saw the guy there and he was he was showing how small it was because he could touch both sides yeah. of the, the booth by stretching his arms out. And I was like having flashbacks to my old play space downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, your play space would actually be even smaller it than would, that, that, that uh, uh, you know, machine. But yeah, super interesting stuff. So I that's what I have been working on. Um, sure. And I also played some GTA, of course. Yeah, um, because you know I wanted to try the new uh, the new uh, update, and um, it's it's really nice. It works really well, and uh, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Bless us with some more juiciness. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, yeah, GTA was my highlight uh, this week. Uh, we talked about it on last week's show about the mod being updated. Nathy had checked it out before, said it was legit, but you know the new mod had improved like cutscenes and animations, getting in and out of vehicles and aiming down weapons and stuff like that. So I thought, well, now's a good time to check it out. Um, it's so big disclaimer it's not perfect by any means you know um, it doesn't allow you to use motion controls like we mentioned in last week's show and you do also get this kind of ghosting effect um, and a lot of people were you know complaining about this ghosting effect and basically it's it's one of those um, things because the the mod renders the game in VR using alternate eye rendering so um, that's why you get this kind of ghosting effect sometimes when cars go by and stuff like that. Sorry, is it like, can you describe it? Is it like all pixels? Is it like back in the day when you had a bad grade to grade time on a monitor and you would like turn and it would like drag the pixels yeah. over like that? Y- not not that bad. It's not like it, it is noticeable, but like I quickly forget about it when I'm in it because I'm just having fun. If you've got a Valve Index and you can pump up the, uh, the frame rate to 144 hertz, apparently that can improve it. But I was running the game at 90 hertz and not having any issues. Um, okay. you, so you have to use a control pad no game uh, motion controls and you do get this ghosting a little bit as well particularly noticeable in darker scenes at night um, but with all that said I had a brilliant time with it Like um, you know, Los Santos in VR is actually pretty breathtaking um, you know, I, I drove a bunch of different cars I flew, I flew planes uh, I swam in the sea. I rode jet skis, roller coasters. Um, it was actually the jet skis out of everything that made me feel really rough. And this is another big caveat I'll throw out there that I wouldn't recommend this for VR newcomers. It's, it's quite intense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, whole, the whole thing or just the when, jet skis? Uh, the whole thing in general is pretty intense. Yeah, 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 yeah I would say. Yeah. I did notice that um, if you drive like the quad, and you drive over people, which I did a lot. Like, <laughs> it, like, it throws you back into the third person often. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that. No. So that's also something that you 
Yeah. If you're not, I mean, I didn't get motion sick at all, but um, I can imagine people who get like that, like I, I think it's like a kill cam or something yeah. like that. Like, you know, did you like feel anything over someone? Me? Yeah. No. No. I didn't think so. I, see, I told you guys, mm. murderous spirit. This one. Yeah. So like <laughs> for me, it was just the jet skis that made me feel motion sick because the the sea that I was riding on was really choppy. Like when I was riding the jet skis uh, on like the canals and mm. stuff before, which was smooth, it was fine. Mm. But on rough choppy seas, it, it yeah. literally makes you feel like seasick. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing is, Mike would probably really get sick on a jet ski if he was on the sea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Possibly. Um, <laughs> Mike's got a pretty sensitive stomach. That's why I was really curious. Yeah. It's like. So do you attribute the sickness to the, like the vertical motion on the water or yes. is it, or do you think like, were you feeling sick from the ghosting at all? No, 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 nothing else. It was only the jet ski that got me okay. uh, and I was, I played it for like three hours. So, but um, uh, let, let's say, you know, uh, controlling boats in GTA, even if you're not playing in VR and doing it in first person is rough because the camera goes all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah. if you hit a wave at least. But uh, as you said, like, you know, the city is, is beautiful. And then suddenly there, there is so much content that you have, uh, you know, you can enjoy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's crazy. And, and, you know, when, when I play stuff like that in VR, it's, 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 it's almost as good as an actual VR game, mm. a triple A one. Yeah. Because of its content. Yeah. Because of its content. Yeah, um, and, and you, you make a really good point, because when you look around Los Santos, there's like stacked full of people, there's cars moving around, there's people talking, going about their business. It feels like a living, breathing world. And we don't have anything like that in VR right now on this scale. So to be able to experience it, and this is why I'd recommend it, just to walk around uh, and experience what it's like and, you know, maybe get into some fights and shooting and get the police chasing after you and stuff like that, because it's actually really, really good fun. But just be aware that, you know, there are some limitations, can be a bit, you know, cause a bit of motion sickness. Um, but if you can get it running on yeah. your system, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. Got a question. So, like, is, is, are there any known limiters? If you've never played GTA V and you are totally into the VR game, you have all the equipment, is there anything that could stop you from playing a, that game end to end that you no. know of? No, not now. No. Um, yeah. Like even so, the cutscenes aren't perfect. Again, like you, they generally um, move to static points, and your head is the camera. Uh, yeah. But sometimes they do move, um, so it, that can be a bit nauseating if you're not used to it. Uh, but generally right. speaking, you can play the whole game through end to end in VR now, which is pretty incredible. And you know, some of the missions, uh, like where you get to fly a plane, you get to fly a crop duster into the back of another military plane whilst they're in the air, is <laughs> is so awesome um, and so much fun. And then further to that, further on, like you know, from the vanilla single player, I've been modding the game even further, and I've managed to add full racing wheel and pedal support. <laughs> So you can drive around cars with a full racing wheel, uh, with full manual gears, clutch, everything. And then I thought, well, how far can I take this? And then I modded it even further <laughs> with this police mod called uh, LSPDFR, which stands for Los Santos Police Department First Response. And you get to roll around in a police car. It's like going back to my old job. <laughs> roll around in a police car. Um with full gears and, and pedals and everything, and then you can put the, the lights and sirens on, and then when you get like a radio call to an incident, 
if you can you can basically keybind the button to your steering wheel to respond to the call. You've got to get there in a certain amount of time and then obviously deal with the situation when you're there. And you can arrest people, you can frisk people, you can ask them for ID, you can taser them. It's just <laughs> You can taser and frisk people. I'm in. Yeah, you, you need to try it. Like in that order. Yeah, you need to try it. It's so much fun. Like I had I just it's, had so much it's fun. It's just like Mike's old job. It is. You just go up to people, taser them, taser them. frisk them, yeah. and then drive off with their yeah. money. The 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 rule was taser first, ask questions later. <laughs> but it, imagine Sounds going fun. even even deeper from there because there are these role play servers uh, that are, you know, running besides the official servers from Rockstar. Yeah. Uh, that allow you to role play too, where you can be a police officer, but then someone else is playing the criminal, or you can be a taxi driver and take someone else that you don't know, a stranger, and have a conversation while you bring them to their next destination. Wait, 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 hang on. So I thought that there was a, an inherent conflict with the VR mod and connecting to Rockstar's online Official. services. Official, yes. But this is you like you can get multiplayer VR supported going. Third party servers. What well, Nathan's uh, talking about. Like third party could could potentially work because the the people who are running that are not actively blocking certain things. So if you could, you know, yeah, they're the running their line. own servers basically, like a like a Minecraft server. You know, someone can run their no, own. No, I, I understand yeah. the concept of the third party, but is there not like um, what's the term I'm looking for here? Anti-cheating or something? A, yeah, an anti-cheat layer that that checks when you connect online, irrespective of if you're going to first or third party Possi- servers. Possibly because I haven't tried it. But um, you do get a warning uh, if you try to go online. It won't let you, pretty much, because uh, I did it by accident, uh, and it said we won't allow you to go online with these mods. So but it recognizes it doesn't work. Yeah, it, it just doesn't, doesn't work. work at all. No. And let's say no. if it did work, you know what happens if you get banned on GTA? They or like if it's the first time you're a first offender, as Mike would call it, um, then <laughs> then uh, then what they do is like they. I'm not sure if it's the first or the second time, but they they put you back into the game and then you have to wear this shame hat. <laughs> wow! So awesome. everyone can see in the open world like this person is a cheater. Well, that's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> um, For me though, I have to say like uh, I had no interest. It. Uh, I, w- I had no interest at all in like playing any of the of the missions again mm-hmm. in VR, but I did find it like uh, pretty cool to just just walk around yeah. aimlessly and yeah. killing people, shooting everything and stealing cars. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like my day-to-day life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, then because it, 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 it is an awesome experience to have something of such scale, mm-hmm. uh, but still, like for me, not having motion controls, not a VR game. Yeah, I, I can understand why people would feel that way, but certainly I, I, I thought Zim would be excited about this because being yeah. a racing nut, you know, having that full racing wheel support in a game like this, it is very arcadey, of course, you know, the driving. Um, but I'd be interested to, if you ha- checked it out to see what your thoughts were because I, I just had a lot of fun with it. I, yeah, I, I, I love the, uh, you know, I sit in front of the campfire of Mike's excitement and just enjoy the basking glow for now because unfortunately my 1080 and my i7 are not going to take this right now, I know. Wow. I'll wait until I uh, get done with the move and uh, So uh, Eric, Eric also went into GTA in VR and he went on a hike. Very peaceful on Mount Chiliad. And then he got nice. eaten by a wildcat. Oh. <laughs> Imagine that in VR. Wow. Yeah. And then someone says, sorry for your argon loss, Eric. <laughs> Rip. Rip Eric, 2011, 2020. Yeah. Press F oh, in the 2011? chat. 2011? <laughs> okay. 2011, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. So let's get into some uh, news then. Uh, 
First bit of news this week is about Pistol Whip, as they've got another free track, uh, which they released this week called Akuma. Uh, mm. It's a another sort of heavy bass EDM track from Cannibalan Records, um, and this adds up to make the roster of the tracks available in Pistol Whip to 12 now, you know, because they released The High Priestess not too long ago, and this is their second sort of DLC for the game, which is free, uh, which is great that they're supporting the game post-release. Uh, I think, you know, they've got a nice community behind this game that really enjoy it, playing it day in, day out, using it as a workout as well, which is great. Uh, and I think it's great for the team at Cloudhead Games as well, because they've always been really passionate about VR. They were there from the very beginning, uh, making uh, before the beginning. Yeah, making the gallery uh, episode one. Yeah, the gallery one, uh, one of the first, let's say, I think games that launched with the vibe as a yeah. bundle. I remember their uh, their original it was like a like a demo to show off like the the controls, and it's 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 like I recently saw like a, I think it was Danny who posted it on his Twitter. Like the resemblance with like Boneworks is like unbelievable. Really, like it's it's really cool to see. Like you know, like even then they were already messing with like you know physics and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that, pretty cool. That's interesting. Um, but if you're craving even more Pistol Whip content, uh, the team at Cloudhead uh, they recently tweeted out that they're going to have updates coming every month. Um, hopefully free um, DLC content, including probably play, paid content as well. Uh, but they've also got a free new scene uh, coming soon on the lead up to E3 uh, yeah. this year. So if Pistol Whip is your jam, you've got plenty of new content to look forward to and it's, check out Akuma, which is available well, now for free. It's kind of funny because I saw the comment in chat saying like expecting maybe more content. Like this game's only just out. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like it really is only just out. They've already done two updates. So I kind of feel like... The fact that they're committing to regular updates now is, uh, but, is is very nice. I think it's a it's a great thing as well for the team to have a fixed pipeline, you know, as well of of things that they have to kind of come out with. But I like um, I like that they've stayed true to themselves as well. Like I'd say that of out of all the rhythm beat games, the Autica is the one that I've I've seen do the most like snaking uh, different music types. Like it's just a bag of mixture, right? Mm. Whereas Beat Saber kind of had its own thing for a while, and then they did a couple of, like. What felt like bolt-on packages that were very different to the core offering, uh, but they were nicely segmented. And I think Pistol Whip, until now, all the tracks feel like consistent. Mm -hmm. Level mm -hmm. design, styling, all that. So it'll be interesting to see if they stay consistent throughout that cycle, or do they well, change it? You know, they, they like I th because, like as you said, it's very new. So for now, they don't have to. But in the long run, they do have to change it up. Uh, yeah. if, if you see what Beat Saber too, like after all, people are like, "Yeah, it's another music pack, just another music pack." So you kind of need to come up with some things beyond that. Um, plus, with Pistol Whip, it's like, you know, every time you do these updates, you can also sell more copies because oh God, you can, Nathan, you know. You made a point, and it's a scary point. Pistol Whip 360. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and also cooperative mode or something like that, like Beat Saber yeah, have been experimenting with multiplayer. You know, that would what be really cool as well. I was going to say, like, I've been playing Pistol Whip with my wife. We did the Akuma track together, um, and I only marginally beat her on that one. And... Um, I, I think that for some reason, like watching Beat Saber side by side is like really engaging. Pistol Whip side by side for some reason just doesn't have the same bite. And mm. I don't know why. I, mm. I think it's the symmetry, something that Roddy was talking about before. But yeah. it'd be interesting to have a co-op mode, though. So you could run the track at the same time as someone else. But then you run into what I call the box VR problem of how do you see the other player? Yeah. Or, how, you know, how do you like if you're it doesn't matter where you are in the world, like two players or more playing multiplayer how do you view others without it being a total mess of ghosts or whatever you would have in there? So. Yeah, and I remember when Pistol Whip first came out because um, we had a sort of a bit of a debate over which looked better, you know, live 
or first person. And first person definitely has the excitement and and it makes it more frantic and exciting to watch. Whereas live, because the camera's so drawn back, it slows the pace down a lot more. It doesn't look as yeah. engaging or as exciting, which is I, a shame. I, like the the thing with the mixed reality part of Pistol Whip was that the trailer they made, like Cloud had made, um, they added all kinds of post-production to it, you know, camera wiggle and, and certain twitch effects. Uh, making uh, footage faster than it actually is to kind of you know speed it up but yeah i agree like first person look better in that sense but again it's like the sense of speed that comes with that yeah yeah absolutely it would be cool if they would do like a time only moves if you move (laughs) that would sound and would actually the things coming towards you like a pistol whip (laughs) super hot mashup super hot mashup that would be cool yeah um, but whilst we're on the subject of beat rhythm games, uh, we also have some news about Beat Saber because they also launched some free DLC, uh, which includes three tracks from Camellia, which uh, Zim mentioned on last week's show. And the tracks are called uh, Exit This Earth's Atmosphere, Ghost and Light It Up. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're into music rhythm games, you are literally, you know, swimming in content right now, which is great. Um, but another thing to mention um, is that, uh, l- like recently, Elon Musk made an EDM track. Did you guys know about this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, so like Elon Musk, you know, the guy, you know, he he creates rockets, he he creates, you know, driverless electric cars, now the creator of EDM tracks as well. Amazing. So if you want to check it out, it's, you can check it out on SoundCloud right now, and it's called Don't Doubt Your Vibe. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's a it's a good it's a good track as well. I like that kind of music a lot. And uh, good track. I want to see more from him. It's kind of like when Tom Green started doing music, and it's like, (laughs) what are you coming out with, buddy? But yeah, yeah, Elon's just where is this coming from? You know, such a no idea. Yeah, and the thing is, you can't miss it because it's an image of a Cybertruck in front of Mars. (laughs) So you know, you know, you're onto a winner there. Um, But the funny thing was when he dropped this track. Uh, Yaroslav Beck from the Beat Saber team picked up on it straight away and tweeted out to him, how about you bring this to Beat Saber? And of course the community jumped behind that so it had a lot of likes on Twitter. So I wonder if that gained any traction or not and I wonder if we'll see this uh, Don't Doubt Your Vibe come to Beat Saber in the future as a a DLC track. That'd be awesome. We've we've had a win before, right? We had the whole um, monster... Monster Crab Cast Rave. Fab Rave, yeah, yeah. Uh, getting the 10,000 likes, I think it was, or retweets, yeah. uh, to be able to bring it in. So I think for this, obviously, you need the artist's consent, so Elon will have to, or his representatives will have to give the nod. But that would be awesome to have it in. Yeah. I think it would fit. I think it would fit perfectly with Beat Saber. Yeah. I, imagine, imagine you you play Beat Saber on Mars, and then the Cybertruck is <laughs> is waiting for you, and then you see Starman <laughs> flying by, and there yeah. are all these you know things going on that interact with you. I would be down, man. Yeah, that, that would be super cool if if Beat Saber <laughs> can make this possible. Then yeah, it would be incredible. What it's, a crossover! But, it's only but, Elon. Elon just needs to hit the green button, and then then we're in for an adventure. I th- I think there's po- there's political problems in this because think of all the awesome like EDM artists who are established like 20 years in it. Elon drops this <laughs> shitty track, and you know they like they like pick it up on him straight away. I think there will be some sore asses out there if they go with Elon before others. I still think it's the right move. This is the fucking internet. But yeah, but that's it. Like internet no, culture okay. loves a meme, you know, exactly. and this okay. will become a meme in itself. So, you know, you know what? I, I have a better deal. Let's say uh, to not, you know, make anyone angry. I have a better idea. They just bring Beat Saber to the onboard computer in every car. Okay. Every Tesla. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Steering wheel support. Um, but there you go. 
so you never know, you might be slaying cubes to Elon Musk's tune in the near future. <laughs> and always remember, don't doubt your vibe. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay, next bit of news uh, links back to something that Zim mentioned as his highlight of the week a few weeks ago on the show where he remotely controlled a robot over the internet. Pretty cool highlight. Uh, and this is something taking that concept even further and this is a company based in Tokyo, Japan called Teleexistence. Cool name, by the way. Teleexistence kind of tells you exactly what you can imagine uh, from the name alone. Um, and what they're working on is a solution that allows a user wearing a VR headset and haptic feedback gloves to remotely control a robot that could be on the other side of the planet. So that's like their... uh, Like uh, Inspire One, right? Exactly. But in real life. Yeah, exactly. But the robot is real. So, you know, you're actually controlling it and it's moving through real world environments, doing real things, touching and grabbing real things. So the company have developed a mass production prototype called the Model H, and it features stereo cameras for the eyes, uh, binaural microphones and haptic sensors in the fingers and hands. So basically, you're looking through this robot's eyes and controlling it in real time, along with the arms and the hands and you get the haptic feedback sensation that the robot is giving you, uh, which is pretty interesting. Now, the clip, for the audio listeners that can't watch the clip or, or see it, um, basically it shows an example of a guy logging in at home with a VR headset and haptic gloves on uh, into a robot that goes into a surfboard shop. And the robot <laughs> is then picking in a surfboard, and the guy can actually feel the board at home through the haptic gloves uh, and the robot kind of looks like the kind of thing that you see in a movie that in the first 15 minutes is like, it's gone sentient. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get to that shortly. Um, but also in the trailer, he, he, this guy logs in with his son and they and then this is where things got a bit crazy. They were explore, exploring space together. So these robots were actually floating around in space and apparently we've got a Wi-Fi link directly to them and, you know, that would be possible. But, you know, it's just kind of showing you a, a concept of what would be possible. But like rowdy rightly touched on is that you know there are some other consequences of potentially using this technology good and bad like for, for the good you know i could see some real benefits if someone's like severely disabled for example you know is like bed bound or, or chair bound and they could remotely control this this robot avatar to go and do the shopping uh, or you know um <laughs> sorry interact just with looking people. back to the video the surfboard shopping which is great yeah. for a robot which is going to go in the ocean and go and 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 Mike, if you can't make it to the show, you can still make it by putting the robot on that chair. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, of course, the bad side is, you know, I've been watching a lot of Black Mirror. Uh, what if someone oh. uses this technology to just assassinate someone? Or if you can imagine like an army of these things like Terminators being controlled by the military, for example. We've lost control. Yeah. We've lost control. Wait, 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 hang on, hang on. Did any of you play this? There's this game. Uh, it's a lot like this, a lot like this. It's called Robo Recall. And it's about <laughs> ah. sentient robots yeah, we go. that aren't very friendly. Yeah, so that, that could happen. I, I actually thought, Zim, that you were going to take this to a whole other level, given your past experience with your successful kind of videos on YouTube. Uh... Successful videos? Like what? <laughs> those videos that have been scrubbed from YouTube, those no longer exist on YouTube, thank you very much. It's a shame. 
Someone needs to educate people, you know. Uh, but I'm actually I've got another one. <laughs> I, I think but, Zim mm. should at least try one of these robots, you know, for the greater cause for science. Well, we, I am just I am very curious to be anywhere with we, this thing. But they, they really make it look quite curious. They make it look quite sexy. But I do think that personal boundary barriers, like for any human, need to be enforced. If you're a robot, like you can't be going touching people with a robot, and it's just like not. Cool. Of course, then you got probably, you know, remote relationships where it's like, can you hook up with your spouse from afar to get two robots in a factory somewhere? They get just close the doors. Who would hook up with their spouse then from afar? <laughs> that, that's not what this technology is going to get used for. No, maybe not. <laughs> so maybe quick, not. quick heads up. We're not going to be at Oculus Connect 7. Uh, yeah. There are going to be four robots rolling in. <laughs> it might be hard to, like, even get through the detection uh, uh, part, but uh, I think we can work it out, right? So, someone needs to Photoshop that and use the caption when the squad roll into OC7. I mean, <laughs> but but it, I still, I, mean, I, well, it, I can just imagine, like, that someone would come up to the group, right? Someone would come up to the crew and be like, hey, Hey, Rowdy, Nathy, Zim, why are you guys all robots? And they're just looking over at the one that looks like the robot, and they're like, oh, that's just Mike. I, I think, honestly, I think we would be the coolest dudes uh, on the show, though, uh, if we would do uh, that. I think, I think we need to keep in mind that Mark Zuckerberg has maybe been doing this for years. Mm. Uh, just, but just imagine. He's a robot, you mean? So just he imagine we go to OC7, right? We've got our VR headsets on at home, and we're remotely controlling a robot, and then the robot puts on a VR headset as... <laughs> <laughs> that Wait, that is like VR inception right e- there. Even 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 better, like the robots are wearing like uh, just a printed cardboard uh, part of our face, mm. so people still know who we are with like a little string. So it still so, feels personal too. Yeah. So what you're saying is basically it could have already happened, but we just forgot. Coming to your theaters next summer. (laughs) VRception. So there you go. That's a a company called Tele Existence working with the concept that we could potentially remote control (laughs) robots with VR technology in the future. Very interesting and scary in a way. Yeah, the the telepresence term is good, but I do like that kind of remote reality thing. And I think we're going to see more of that coming. Um, Mm. And for those who missed the bit, a couple of podcasts now ago that we had, probably three back. Um, where I, I had gotten a chance to drive a robot remotely. D- driving a, a full body robot is awesome. But like, what if you could, you know, like Battlefield style or RTS style control a whole army of these robots? You mm. know what I mean? Like an RTS? Like yeah. you could literally have full scale combat. Forget New Zealanders. Let's just push them all in the ocean. Right now we have just two <laughs> armies of robots fighting each other. For very expensive, like billionaires, like Musk versus Zuckerberg, they just have an RTS <laughs> on New Zealand, uh, and and we film it as if it was like the new, um, the new Lord of the Rings. So, wow! <laughs> so uh, if you if you, <laughs> if you want to learn more about what Zim, you know, has spoken about, like in uh, one of the previous episodes, I think it's the Halloween one. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, the the name of it was uh, Cher- Isotopium Chernobyl. Isotopium yeah. Chernobyl. I'll type it in chat. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So that wow. is uh, teleexistence. Pretty interesting. <laughs> um, next up, Dr. Beef, best name, uh, the developer that brought you Lambda One VR, uh, the mod that allows you to play the original Half-Life uh, in VR on Oculus Quest, has now added support for the add-ons Blue Shift and Opposing Force. Um, now, to get this to work, you need to own the original game, but don't worry, the game is free right now on Steam up until Half-Life Alex launches, so you can get the game for free now. It'll be in your library forever as well, so there's no reason not to do it. Uh, it also includes Half-Life 2 and Episodes 1 and 2, but they don't work with this mod, so just be aware of that. Um, 
But Blue Shift and Opposing Force, they're actually paid add-on packs that aren't free on Steam right now. Uh, they're both $4.99 in US dollars or $3.99 in British pounds individually, or you can get them both with a discount if you buy them in a bundle with Team Fortress after you've downloaded Half-Life for free, because then that shows in your library as part of the bundle, and you get an even bigger discount on top of that. So works out about six to seven bucks, six to seven pounds for the two of them if you buy them together. Hmm. Um, all you need to do to get this up and running on Quest is, uh, once you've got the game installed, just kind of transfer the game files across uh, to the install directory in your Quest after installing Lambda 1 on your Oculus Quest using SideQuest. Um, so it's pretty straightforward setup. It's kind of drag and drop. It's actually, yeah. I've, I've done it for kind of Quake and Half-Life and a few yeah. things. I think the only thing that's a little bit um, unintuitive if you go through that step is that because you're on... I think you've got a mobile a mobile version of the executable essentially, mm-hmm. and I don't think you can play with like PC players and multiplayer. I think no. you can only play with other mobile, so like Android yep. modded version of the game. With but you can play multiplayer, which yep. is cool. Yeah. Uh, but now Opposing Force obviously is a single player expansion pack. Yep. Back in the day when we didn't even have. DLC, it was all disc-based. Yeah, exactly. And Blue Shift, uh, you know, single-player DLC as well, right? You know, um, I think Blue yeah. Shift, you play as Barney's, like, one of one of Barney's, like, friends or something. And then Opposing Forces, like, you play the military uh, coming in after Gordon, basically, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah I, wasn't, I wasn't much a fan of Blue Shift, but the AI in Opposing Force was very good. Mm. And it feels, it feels very um, oppressive. And, like, unlike the original Half-Life, which for... A certain part of the game, like it felt pretty relaxed up until then you meet the aliens and stuff and it gets pretty intense. That uh, opposing force is an intense thing. You are being hunted. Um, so I recommend it. It's a fun game. Like I- imagine the fact that when that AI got made, I was still in my mommy's uh, tummy. Yeah. Can... <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think it's awesome, you know, that we get yeah. in all this like half-life stuff that we can play in VR on the lead up to I Alex, you know, it's like that's building true. up the hype for this game. I think I think it's an awesome way to, you know, uh, do do some marketing around it by giving it all for free and oh, yeah. people can, you know, get excited. And, yeah. 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 And it's amazing to think that it's actually next month. Like Half-Life Alex is coming next month. It's crazy. Mark? Shit. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. You're right. I know. When I think okay. about it, it like blows my mind. It's like, it feels... It, I was... It, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago that it was announced, but, you know. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. It was December. So, but, like, um, uh, that explains why it's still high in the charts then. Uh, it's, like, fourth or something in Steam sales. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. And, and yeah. considering a lot of people got it for free with, like, index purchases and, like, controller purchases or headset purchases. And, actually, whilst I'm talking about index controllers, I should give you a little update, actually. Uh, because you might remember, uh, a few months ago on the show, I, I mentioned that Pimax... We're doing like an upgrade plan um, because oh, yes. because of the yeah, yeah. the issue with the sword controllers and their own base stations being like delayed uh, so much that they finally just said, "Look, if you want to spend a little bit of extra money, you can basically add some more money in, and you'll get Valve Index controllers and base stations." And it was called like Upgrade Plan F or something. There was so basically diff- like buying out everyone. Yeah. So, it, but I think from my point of view, I was like, "Well, these sword controllers." When are they going to happen? Are they going to happen in my lifetime? I don't know. I'm quite happy with the index controllers. I'll go with that. I'll pay the extra, what, I think it was like 179 bucks. Um, and they said they'll be shipping in January. Well, as we know, January has been and gone. And I don't think many people out there have got them, uh, if any. Uh, 
They did say on the Pimax forum that they shipped out some shipments in the US and Europe and the UK will be coming later in February now. Um, but it's just one of those things again, like these these guys, they can't stick to a delivery schedule or, you know, they make promises and they can't keep them. And I think for them, they would have been better just saying like, look, this is an estimated delivery window of like Q1 this year rather than getting people's hopes up and then again breaking their hopes again by saying it's going to be delayed again. So I just thought I'd give you a quick update that or I haven't received them yet. Even even better, this is something I've seen with like, you know, because I, I like to collect statues. So sometimes they have it on the website and you pre-order it and then it's like Q1, but then they later on update it to Q2. They don't tell anyone, they just change it, but they don't, you know what I mean? But it's <laughs> like- just one number, you know? Well, I, the thing is like the, uh, the thing is if, if you don't communicate it, that clearly, then yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. I, 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 I'm not surprised though. Sadly, no. I wish they did, but <laughs> and and this is the thing. Like you know, even dedicated Pimax supporters at this point are just like, look, I just because imagine if you didn't buy the Valve uh, Index controllers or base stations yourself or or Vive ones or base stations yourself, and you've literally just had a Pimax sitting there the whole time without any yeah. tracking or controller support. You're going to yeah. be pretty sick by now. Yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 I understand. And uh, timeline-wise, it's a little strange where last year CES, they were, you know, uh, promoting the controllers. Yeah. And then this year, or like last last year as well, or wait, 2018 CES, yeah. they were showing off their controllers. That's right. And then in 2019, they show off, you know, their new Pimax uh, headset Headsets. lineup. Yeah. So, But while well, the controllers are still not, so they constantly jump around where... They can. It's yeah. very strange. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I'll keep you updated, but I thought I'd give you a little update on that. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Last bit of news uh, this week is about the impact of the coronavirus uh, and that it's having on the world of VR and tech in general. And it's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's also pretty scary as well. Like when you start watching news about it, it's actually pretty terrifying. Um, but as you're all probably aware by now, it's a, it's a flu virus originated from Wuhan in China. Um, it's been coveredly, covered like widely by the mainstream media, so just go and check it out if you want to learn more about it. But as a result of the virus, uh, this is affecting a lot of tech companies. As we all know, China is where the world's tech gets manufactured, right? Um, so huge companies such as Apple, <coughs> Samsung, Microsoft, Google, and Tesla even have all temporarily shut down production facilities in China because of the virus. Um, but also Oculus themselves, uh, who have you know manufacturing in China as well, have shut down their facilities temporarily and have also provided a statement to Road to VR on the matter because, as we know, around the Christmas period, quests were very hard to get hold of. Uh, I think we, we said in a, an episode shortly after Christmas that it was pushed back to like March time, uh, like the back orders. Well, I think they've even stopped taking back orders now um, mm. and just says unavailable. Uh, so if you want a quest, like you've got to find a rare one that's still in a store somewhere or, you know, risk the secondhand market, which are in heavily inflating the prices now because the demand is much higher than the supply. Um, but Oculus stated that Oculus Quest has been selling out in some regions due to the high demand. That said, like other companies, we're expecting some additional impact to our hardware production due to the coronavirus. We're taking precautions to ensure the safety of our employees manufacturing partners and customers and are monitoring the situation closely. Um, mm, wow. So yeah, it could be uh, even further delays if you're looking for an Oculus yeah. Quest, which is uh, a bit of a shame. 
Uh, really? I was uh, I was actually chatting with with Elvin uh, Wang yesterday on on WeChat, and he told me that he's the CEO of HTC Vive, and he, he told me that uh, that he's like home for two weeks now. Yeah, a lot of employees are working from home. Yeah, you're right. But that's a, I think that's a that's a normal um, kind of precaution that you take if there's a pandemic or an epidemic outbreak. Yeah, of course. Um, it's it's just a precaution in order to prevent the virus from spreading any further and. I think that's the, the right thing to do at this point in time. I mean, the incubation period is not that long. Mm. Uh, I believe it's like two weeks indeed. Uh, and the virus itself is not as lethal as, for example, other influenza viruses. So mm. And it mainly affects think, like the old and the young, right? Of course, people with uh, with an immune system that has been compromised already mm. or, or have an immune system that is not fully developed like, like young children. Of course, like th- those are the kind of people that also become the target of of, of regular flu viruses like like influenza or uh, the H one N one. So I mean, yeah. th- there's like like the media, of course, jumps on this because it's like you know it's 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 a hot topic and it's like of course it's 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 a serious kind of thing. It's a serious outbreak, but at the same time, like I don't think people should over dramatize like um, what China has done or what has happened before uh, because we have. Plenty of viruses here that we should be far more worried about than uh, uh, coronavirus coming from uh, from uh, from China. But like the thing I wanted to uh, say is that uh, because like the Vive team has been home for two weeks, they have been exploring more of the uh, um, let's say uh, streaming service where you can actually you know uh, have an office in VR and work from there. So that has been more hot than ever before. So That's a lot cool. of companies got to uh, discover the possibilities of having a workspace in VR and not having to use yep. planes, having to use trains, uh, cars, you can just meet up. So that's that's like a positive effect I've seen where people are like, wow, I didn't even knew this was a thing. But because mm. of the virus, they are kind of forced to look into that stuff. So uh, That is a contingency strategy that I think a lot of businesses have yet to consider until something like this happens. Yeah. And actually, we had a similar effect a few years ago. If anyone remembers looking for like a hard drive or having to pay graphics card prices after the tsunamis and that that happened yeah. uh, in yeah. Thailand and, and that um, and that whole area. It affected us for several years, uh, pricing in the market. And so it's no surprise. It's funny because, like, I mean, Randy, you mentioned precautionary measures. But the funny thing is if you put a maybe not dollar value, whatever currency value for each of the Asian countries affected by these kind of shutdowns or lockdowns, um, it's going to affect manufacturing probably most heavily i would think it's, it's but, one but of those jobs that what, what i'm trying to say if the precaution is not taken then that figure could quadruple mm. like, i'm not saying uh, it's not i'm not saying it's, it's wrong to take that yeah. precaution i think it is but i mean i think people who don't understand contingency planning don't get that when you invoke that like that's a cost like yeah. that that's going to cost yeah. you yeah. it's going to yeah. cost you in like this like the impact that we're noticing the time delay to market uh, but it's also going to cost them in terms of their revenue like that's going to be an immediate dent in their annual figures as a business, their bottom line. Yeah. So, and it, it's, so it's, this is life. Go on, go on, Nathie. No, no. You, you, okay. You can. I was just going to say, it's not only uh, affecting production as well, but um, also uh, events, you know, uh, as the concern rises of people getting infected through traveling. Yeah. So uh, big, uh, you know, events like uh, MCW, uh, MWC, which is Mobile World Congress, uh, which is where like the Cosmos was unveiled like a few, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, depending on how the virus spread is controlled over the next few weeks, that could really affect, a, you know, a show like that because companies, you know, a lot of innovation comes from China 
uh, and a lot of companies showing new tech are going to be there. So um, maybe that might get delayed or, 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 or stopped. We just don't know yet. Uh, but I guess it's maybe times like this that the, the tele-existence robot that we were talking about earlier on <laughs> might, might actually become useful. You'd be like, well, we can just send them in in the, yeah. uh, in the hot zone, uh, so to speak, and uh, we'll, we'll be what? absolutely fine. Why am I having a very distinct flash forward to that little part where Wally, you know, that cute little robot from Pixar or whatever, he's like picking up the little trash pile and just moving it over here. Like, I, I just imagine, like, that's our future. Like, first we're thinking about with robots, and before long, it's an inhospitable environment out there, and we're all just stuck in our little cubicles until we <laughs> go off the planet and have our, you know, daily milkshake. Yeah. So, oh, so on a different topic, in the chat, Mr. Loto is asking... Is Rowdy wearing long john just like they do in Indian and cowboy movies? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm not wearing any pants. So it's just it's just a one a onesie. Is that what you like? What things you're wearing? Onesie, like yeah, a yeah, long yeah. john onesie. Yeah, I'm just I'm just not wearing any pants. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's pretty standard for the show though. Um. So yeah, that is uh the coronavirus and the impact it's having on tech and VR. So some delays in headsets and stuff like that. But it's one of those things, you know, it's out of everyone's control. You know, we can see what happens. Hopefully everyone's safe. Everyone's okay. And uh, we get over it. But well, uh, you see now, here, here, you see a survivor here in the podcast. Yeah. You know, miracles yeah. are, are possible. Yeah. Although people are staying away from you locally, right? If they hear that you come from China, then you're like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think people are going to... They look gonna be they pretty... look at you like you're the outbreak monkey or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, they do. Yeah. <laughs> Th thanks to the news. Yeah. Um, so now let's hand it over to Zim. For the latest releases this week, I have no idea again what's happening this week in, oh in, in terms of releases. It's been pretty slow. That's why I've been enjoying GTA and in VR so much because I, I don't know. Like last week was on. pretty fast to me, like in terms of the lineup he presented. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say that it's not. There's not only one pandemic, <laughs> but multiple <laughs> pandemics this week. Yeah. So, uh, oh, this is going to be a fun one. All right. So let's start off with um, Blind Spot VR. So Blind Spot VR, um, imagine you're Steve Jobs, okay? Imagine a tight gray turtleneck sweater. Uh, that's right, kids. Corneal visual impairment encompasses a wide variety of infectious, degenerative, and inflammatory eye diseases that cause scarring of the cornea, the clear window positioned at the front of the eye. So the scar tissue scatters the light that passes through the cornea, leading to blurred vision or even a total loss of sight. So don't take my word for it. You gotta ask our resident, Dr. Rowdy. The developers of Blind Spot VR put you in the seat of an aging grandfather with de degrading corneas in both eyes. Your job is to drive your grandchildren to school without incurring vehicular homicide. <laughs> what? what the heck? They using, put you in a hold car on, then? Hold on. Using dynamic tunneling and fixed foveated blurring techniques, Blind Spot takes you from levels of visual impairment from 5% all the way up to 95% of vision loss. Meaning that while you're playing the game, at upper levels of difficulty, you almost see nothing. Interesting. This, this trailer I, I, looks I, I so realistic. Find, yeah, it looks very nice. I, I do find it weird that they put you in a car then, uh, since uh, it's, it's, that, that's definitely not allowed. But um, I actually wore one of these devices uh, one time, uh, because uh, when my grandfather had, to, had a brain infarct, part of his visual system got actually... Well, pretty much destroyed, and they had these like devices in order to show like family members and uh, and and other people um, how his vision would be like. So there would indeed be like a tunneling kind of like uh, vision, which is very very disorienting. 
uh, and very if you're prone to motion sickness that can really induce it because you there's so much of the information that just gets lost and you don't see it anymore it's uh, yeah it's very bad that's good that's terrible i have to say that was all a horrible lie uh blind spot vr has nothing to do with corneas or loss of vision uh, <laughs> but i thought it was a fun kickstarter to wake you all up so uh <laughs> <laughs> so what you did see uh, is a YouTube 360 video by AT&T called It Can Wait, which is a driving tech simulator. Wow. All of what I just said was made up, and we're going to wow. go through the actual trailer. They shouldn't put you in a car then, since it's important that people know how that feels if you get tunneling vision. <laughs> I got to say, it's quite impressive that you came up with that. It's a next level troll from them. <laughs> he's like, Sorry. he's so desperate. Like, the police are so bad. There's so much, you know, shuffleware out there that he needs to make up his content now. That's how far we... Because I was, I was looking at tr- this video. I was thinking, this looks next level. Like, I want to try this out anyway. It looks cool. <laughs> Although I would love to play the game I described, which is basically that you're fighting, you know, vision loss and having to get your kids home without pulling a rowdy <laughs> and running over some old grandma. Uh, while she's crossing the street. But let's... So Blind Spot VR is not about vehicular homicide and corneal degradation. Uh, what it is about is it's a mansion-based texting simulator. And this is where uh, they have a commonality. That video I showed you was all about texting in the car. This is about texting in a creepy old feckin' mansion with puzzles about. So it's actually the number one... Um, uh, how would I call it, complaint online about this game is that the majority of the story is delivered through text, through text messages that pop up on your phone while you're exploring this mansion. Um, but if you are into mansion-based texting simulators, uh, you wake up alone in this mansion that you've been living with your father and your younger sister, but and something all of is a sudden, different. your cornea starts to like... Your cornea starts to... <laughs> so it's a story-driven Is VR it? adventure game that used to be, it landed first on PlayStation last October, and now it has just dropped for Index, Vive, and Rift on the 6th of February, that was this just a Friday just gone, for 20 pounds or 25 US dollars by un- Unlimited Fly Games. Uh, so this is this has basically come over from... PlayStation VR and us PC players can now get a, get access to it. You're, by the way, you're such a cruel man. Like first you lie, then you let Rowdy explain it, and then you're like, no, but it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, got, he was like super like scientific something like oh, this and that, and then you're like, ah, then this is just complete yeah. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because like Rowdy went into a story and everything. It was. Beautiful. Yeah. It gave me me just enough time to show the big crash as well. It was great. So if you're an audio listener, goddamn, check out the feckin' video, all right? Anyway. (laughs) I got got two more gems for you, all right? Two more gems. I don't know what to believe Uh, anymore, though. You know, what's real. (laughs) He's photoshopping stuff now. Deep faking uh, (laughs) VR content. Deep (laughs) fake. I was so expecting someone to chat to, like, pop and be like, hey, he's lying. That's not true. I played that game. Uh, Anyway. um, All right. So, whew, I'll take a deep breath. We've done blind spot VR. Deep breath, lads. Deep breath. In, out. Okay? In, out. Now, something relaxing. Let's do Origami Dojo. Okay. For Rift and Rift S, this is a free title. If you were ever wondering, what is Origami? So, Origami is a traditional Japanese game, game, (laughs) where you make things by folding paper, such as beautiful flowers and lovely animals. Now, 
This is apparently, this is a world exclusive. This is the only <laughs> VR app. World How ex- to fold and make origami. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's free. You know, feck it. It's free. Plus, it's a world My- exclusive. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, so you can get it. This is not available on Steam or Cosmos or any other headset than the Rifts. So, uh, Rift players, enjoy this. This is what you what you paid for. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, can, I, can, I can appreciate, though, if you... If you want to learn origami, then doing something like this might actually help you out. <laughs> exactly. That's what that's what I was thinking. And that's why I am wholly serious when I say that, you know, as the first VR origami simulator, this is a great offer. Wait, 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 wait. But so this is this is PC VR, by the way? This is PC VR. So, so is this one of the first games that Jason Rubin and his new colleague came up with? I don't know, but I can tell you one thing. The bar has definitely gone down for Rift and Rift S games because the store is not looking friendly these last couple of weeks. Wow. I know we're dry on content, but my God, some of the things getting across are, <laughs> but, but, are, are uh, rough. But, but these are, the things I'm showing you are the good stuff. I, I'm telling you that. <laughs> this, is, this, is not the, this is not the bad stuff even. <laughs> now, ha- hang on, hang on. I got one more thing. I got to tell you about this origami, origami app because this has a uh, like a Japanese website that goes with it hand in hand, right? And I took the bulleted list from that Japanese website explaining the game, and I used Google Translate to translate it. Brilliant. And what I got back, it shocked me a little bit. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you th- three things here. <laughs> All right. So first one, this one seemed a little wrong. <laughs> App to learn. This is the, uh, the first description of the game, by the way. <laughs> App to learn how to fold origami for foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they changed that on the Steam description. <laughs> now, stating the obvious, paper preparation is unnecessary, and origami can be performed many times. <laughs> so apparently you don't have to re- you know, reload like your printer or whatever with paper, and you can just origami forever. And this one I found a little condescending. No complicated button operation is required. <laughs> they know our audience, gamers. We don't like the... That uh, complicated button operation. I love the For Foreigners one. Just to repeat that, because that was the best. App to learn how to fold origami for foreigners. Yeah, it's, anyway. it's, it's a shame it doesn't have Dexmo uh, glove support. Uh, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. So for those who didn't get a chance to see the little clip we ran of it, basically it's like paint by numbers with your fingers with origami. So it's like move this piece of paper from point A to point B, B to C, like that. Um, which honestly, if you really want to learn how to do origami... And watching yeah. an instructional video is difficult. The volumetric nature of it, I think, actually could be helpful. The fact that it's free means you could actually try this out. So as much as I love taking the piss, this is a serious piece. Okay. Yeah. So lastly, and I know y'all Oculus Go haters out there are going are, are gonna to be teetering at this one. But actually, there's a pretty serious, uh, and I've tried this, uh, Oculus Go title that just landed on the 30th of January. For three dollars or two pounds thirty, uh, from Grizzly Machine, called Tail Gunner, um, and this looks pretty cool uh, for a Go game. Easy to pick up and play. It's like quick aerial combat and it's cell shaded. It looks pretty nifty. So you're basically uh, shooting off the back of a plane, right? So don't like riding on a train backwards? Then this tail turret shooter ain't for you, honey. Uh, this is an aerial arcade combat game for Oculus Go. Very pick up and play. And there are, it's basically a wave shooter, but a really well-implemented one, in my opinion. And you get the ability to kind of, like, bob and weave. You've got wingmen on your left and right, 
and they can get shot down. So your job is to basically, as the tail gunner, shoot down enemies as they're coming in. You got bombers, you got missiles. There's, um, it looked like eight or nine different types of opponents that are coming at you in different types of waves and different types of challenge modes, 10 different challenge modes. Um, but if you keep your wingmen alive, they protect you. You're protecting the plane that you're in. And if you get shot down, you go down into the hmm. deep depths of the sea. Wow. But the I art like style the fact, is really nice. Yeah, this looks yeah, legit. The, the art style is like really legitimate. And actually for three bucks, if you're, you've got an Oculus Go sitting there and you're like, eh, I give it a go. I played it for 15 minutes earlier. I could see myself keep playing that. Yeah. It's actually a really fun little wave shooter. And it's, uh, it's new, decent looking content, well developed. Uh, apparently, yeah. the devs were fighting with uh, Oculus for the, the better part of a year trying to get their artwork uh, okayed. So I wonder if it had... Wow guns or something in it and you know they couldn't get it through the store or whatever they've been they've had their game up um in various forms on itch for a while but it is there now uh released it was they originally intended to release it in december uh, before the christmas launch so there you go that's uh tail gunner for those of you who have oculus go yeah i do like the art style it it reminds me of that sort of borderlands style cell shaded art style which works really well in vr actually yes yeah smooth it's a nice thing it's like a luftrausers in vr yeah that is beautiful. Can you say that once more, Nathy? Luftrausers. Um, the last thing, the last thing I have here, just a small bit of quick, quickity quick news <laughs> in this space is for those of you who haven't, uh, who who have an itch for Mario Kart type games. There's a game called Touring Karts, which we've talked about before on previous podcasts. Yeah. Some of you guys have played it. Uh, there is a demo now available on Oculus Home. So for Oculus users, if you're interested in demoing the game. Uh, this is now oh. uh, just out since Friday, so you can have a, a quick play of touring carts wow. uh, if you wanted to give it a shot. Nice. Uh, this one made me uh, feel a bit motion sick, actually, even though it says no motion sickness. Um, <laughs> In the trailer? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a shame, really, because I was really wanted to replicate that Mario Kart VR arcade experience at home, and I thought this was going to be the game that does it, because they even added... Uh, like Vive uh, tracker support, Trackers, so you could yeah. grab items in the air just like you can in the arcade uh, Mario Kart experience. But um, sadly, it just wasn't very good, and I gave oh. up on it in the end. Oh, sounds sounds like you can go back to VR cards then. Yeah, so that's legit. That's actually. it anyway. That's our run of the week. And just quick recap there: if you missed any of those those <laughs> big gems, uh, so that was Blind Spot VR, the fake one. Blind Spot VR, the real one. Uh, <laughs> Origami Dojo. And tail gunner, the fake one. Oh my god! I I, I gotta say, uh, you like the it's getting better because you know the shark one of last week. Damn, that, that was like <laughs> that, like that trailer, man. I still like I still have like these flashbacks. <laughs> still have nightmares about that. <laughs> yeah, one. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, they also awesome play that game. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, shark and drone. I can be a drone now too. I love the way that <laughs> and a flamethrower oh, and a flamethrower. Oh, flamethrower, yeah, sure. I love the way it's become a meme. Like, which which game is going to be the worst game that gets announced as a release <laughs> game this week? I, I like the the more fun this gets, the less I look forward to actual good games for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> we have actually Eric Hartley actually said that Sharkferno was awful. I tried it. So. Oh, I took it. one wow. for the team for science. Bless him. Thank you. Good on you, Eric. Good yeah. on you. You're braver than I. Am. Wow. So that is the releases. Let's get into uh, our main topic this week then. And this is all about uh, a headset from a company uh, called Lynx. They're uh, a new startup, small startup company uh, founded by um, some ex uh, Star VR employees, actually, which is kind of interesting. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, they're, they're bringing a new headset to market, which I mentioned earlier on, which is a standalone AR and VR headset. Now, it's been a while actually since we've had uh, a product called Lynx in the tech world. I don't know if you guys can ever remember the handheld system. Can you remember the handheld system? Oh, yeah. The Atari Lynx. Did you guys ever have one? I did not have one. I knew of it. Yeah. Again, 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 I'm 15 years old, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I've never heard of that. Well, it it actually was like it came out of the Game Boy sort of era. So it was a competition for the Game Boy, but it had a full color screen. And that was kind of like the main benefit of it. But I I remember playing on one and uh, it had California games on it, which was was pretty dope. Mm. Um, But yeah, that is the Atari Lynx. But this is the the Lynx R1. That's what they're calling this new headset. And like I said, it can do both standalone, uh, I mean, can we do both VR and AR in a standalone headset? So it's not a tethered headset, it's a standalone device. So interestingly, uh, it's actually one of the first headsets that we've seen that is going to come to the market that's going to use the new Snapdragon XR2 chipset, which we talked about previously on another uh, episode Mm. of the podcast. And the Snapdragon XR2, it roughly works out to be about uh, twice as powerful as the chipset currently used in the quest right now is that the one we announced in like november december like the brand brand new one yes or is it is okay yeah yeah and this is going to be the first headset to market which uses it which is really interesting and apparently they've been working with uh, qualcomm for some time on this sort of design um so the xr uh the the r1 links r1 it has a a flip-up display with a sort of halo strap design head strap uh with built-in stereo speakers uh it's got a built-in battery which is interesting because they've placed it at the back of the headset uh you know in the halo strap mm. um to uh, act as a sort of counterbalance so one of the common complaints of course with the oculus quest is it is quite front heavy because all the gubbins and the battery is included in the front whereas uh you know links have sort of said well we'll take that criticism and feedback from the quest and incorporate the battery in the back to sort of balance things out a bit which is a smart sort of design choice I'm not going to lie though, looking at this headset, it makes me think of that telepresence robot again. Like, when put it on, <laughs> yeah. like holy heck, that thing yeah. looks creepy though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. But because uh, the eyes, it, it really looks creepy. The, the location of the eye, the, the, the yeah. lenses, you know, the cameras look like eyes. My, uh, my first reaction to it is the, uh, I do not like hinge headsets. No. I don't like yeah. headsets with a hinge because it's too weak um, and it doesn't give me the right comfort fit on my gap, face yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i don't like different. about it it's not easy to get snug against your face that's the thing like well, the hinge and if it, if it, just the general the general um strength of the headset as well on that hinge uh long term is going to be the place where it fails yeah and I, I definitely found that with the um the hp right. reverb um wow. you know uh which is that sort of flip up display and i think developers love it um but yeah, generally yeah. sort of gamers and consumers don't i think that's the general sort of uh uh, idea behind it but um this headset it features six cameras uh, on board it's got two black and white cameras um for six off positional tracking which are on the sort of lower front um and the tracking system it has to use world anchors for tracking so although it doesn't go into detail of what they are i would imagine it will be like some sort of like um large qr metal. code reference type thing or some sort of item or ir tracker or something that you need to place that's static in your play space for it to 
have an anchor point to as reference for its tracking oh, system. Right. So it's not doing in, intelligent anchors. It's, it needs something fixed. Yeah, it, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't really give you much detail about it, but it says it uses world anchors. So I'd imagine you need something uh, to be placed into your play space for it to, to work. So why, why, do, why do you think they, they decided to use that? I think it's just difficult. Inside out tracking is hard. I think that's mm. the, you know, and this is a startup company. Uh, and they have developed some real next level stuff, which I'll go into shortly. But, you know, you've got to make some sacrifices along the way somewhere. You know, you just can't be a uh, an Oculus Quest competitor overnight. It's just but with software, impossible. you can learn it to track. Uh, maybe, um, or is that not no, no, possible anymore if you start? Not with this, not with the system that they've in, in implemented. Um, so I guess that's one of the sacrifices they had to make. It's sixed yeah. off. Um, but like I said, we don't know the full details of what these world anchors also, will be. Also, from uh, from looking at the trailer, it kind of looks like they're also making like custom skins for it, different like, colors uh, and like, stuff. Uh, they had like a, a red, white, red one mm -hmm. that looked really yeah. neat, I think. Mm -hmm. But do you think uh, those are custom skins, or do you think they're uh, just different colors models. that they're manufacturing, like different models? Yeah, because I I think that's really smart. I've said that before, right? I've talked about the pink headset and the person who only wants pink everything, mm. Um, mm. and I I think that. I think that that like whoever can capitalize on that uh, soon enough with a with a half decent headset is going to capture that market and could get people who follow them. Just like you know when you capture kids coming out of university, you're like I'm going to be your first bank, and then fast forward 25 years, you still got their mortgage or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same deal here. Like if you can get someone into into your ecosystem trusting your brand and deliver a half decent experience, you don't necessarily have to be the market leader. And that's why mm -hmm. things like that, those little unique selling points can make a big difference. This is a really interesting headset. I think, Mike, you've made a great point there about um, not oversimplifying the difficulty there is in in this form of tracking. Like what Quest yeah. does is difficult. And, and to do that on a mobile processor is doubly difficult. And the amount of research labs that they've got with very intelligent people signed on and, and some, you know, world leaders in that space leading, uh, that's how we've gotten what we've gotten. And what have we gotten out of Quest so far? Very stable tracking over just the last one year yeah. for the Rift S and the Quest and hand tracking. And that's amazing. But that wouldn't have gotten there if we didn't have a mountain of people working towards it. And for mm -hmm. a startup to even get even anywhere close, I think cheating the system by using, you know, what did you call them? World tags? World anchors. World anchors. That's smart. Yeah. That's just smart because otherwise you're going to spend a 30 year budget or more, you know, just on solving that problem. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Save it for the next version. I, right. I just looked at the website, but they're not selling at least at this point, like different colors. Uh, it's just a pre-order that is on there now for one, four, nine, nine. So uh, it's uh, enterprise only, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. One, four, nine, nine, fifteen hundred. So, so, the, so the, the guy who um, started this company is only 25 years old and, and they're based in France. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. it's again like a different area where this whole thing comes from. Come on, Nathy, hurry up. We need a headset. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, so the camera, the headset has six cameras, two black and white cameras for six off positional tracking. Uh, it also has two IR cameras inside the headset for built-in eye tracking, um, and also two RGB cameras on the front for full uh, stereo pass-through AR functionality and hand tracking support. Uh, and it's, the hand tracking is important here because it doesn't ship with any controllers. Um, so this is just for hand tracking applications, it seems. Mm -hmm. um, the headset so is, hand tracking could be maybe ultra leap technology. It's built in. Yeah, it's built in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. built in. Yeah. 
Um, the, oh, sorry, built into the chipset then. Qualcomm yeah, chipset has it. Yeah, using the cameras. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they they developed the uh, the hand tracking themselves as well. It seems that way. It's yeah. It's not uh, that they're working together with a different company. They didn't mention it. No. Um, the headset charges by USB-C and provides up to two hours battery life. Um, but one of the really unique things about this headset, which really stood out for me, is the optics. Uh, the links themselves are calling it light folding optics. Um, so instead of a traditional Fresnel lens like we see in most sort of VR headsets today, uh, or with the index, for example, that stack them and, and sort of canter them slightly to increase the field of view, um, what links have done is they, they use a four-fold catadioptic uh, freeform prism. So there's, there's images of this around on the internet, but it basically looks like a prism uh, that's got kind of four uh, ridges and then like a divot in the center. And the reason why they have this divot in the center is that that's where they, uh, behind that divot, they placed the uh, IR camera for eye tracking. And it's directly in the center of the lens. And this is how, this is why they call it like um, uh, light folding optics, because the four prisms basically fold the light from the display to basically make the center of the uh, lens invisible to the eye. So you don't see the, 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 uh, the camera or the, the, the CMOS of the, uh, the eye tracker. Uh, it's invisible to your eye, but the way that the, uh, the display renders it is in like four different segments, and the lenses fold that, those four segments into a, a single image which your eyes will actually see. Is, is, That's quite cool. I've never seen lenses like this in a VR headset before. Uh, so it's very impressive technology, uh, indeed. Is it also by by the bending of the light that they managed to get a bigger field of view? Do you know? Um, so the field of view is still ninety degrees, uh, similar mm -hmm. to what we. Already... Yeah, yeah. Okay, but maybe in order to get that ninety degrees, that they do some light folding as well to get to that. Um, I don't think so. I think the general reason behind it was so they could have this really accurate eye tracking camera that looks dead center into your eyeballs rather than being offset, which is what a lot, a lot of other companies are doing right now. That was their yeah, kind of design yeah. choice around that. Um, in terms of um, display, it's a 1600 by 1600 LCD panel, uh, each eye uh, running at 90 hertz, so pretty uh, high resolution, standard sort of uh, refresh rate and standard uh, field of view in terms of what we know already. But when you sort of think about AR headsets, you know, particularly HoloLens, Magic Leap, their field of view is is generally much much smaller you would you're, smaller. you're talking like sort of 40 degrees up to sort of 60 degrees and that's mm -hmm. because of the way the optics in those headsets work in that you're you're not you're, you're basically looking through a piece of like glass or the optic or the display is being like projected straight to your eyeballs whereas this mm -hmm. you're you're looking through the cameras which is then being uh, portrayed on the uh displays of the headset you know so it's pass through ar rather than true ar if you if you know what i mean yeah, yeah it is um, yeah but it's it's still a it's still a very as you say it's a very intriguing design mm. and it'd be very interesting to see like do they have this patented or is someone else going to pick up that same technology and use it in their own designs are we going to see this you know because so it, it, it logically it, it sounds like a good culminating exercise to sidestep a problem that otherwise you have a physical device in the way mm. and that's a problem and they've kind of found a smart way to get around that it seems like other manufacturers would want to use the same trick yeah potentially i would imagine they've patented the lens design because it's so unique like i said i haven't seen it before hope so um so maybe they could 
potentially manufacture that for other companies in the future maybe i don't know or you know if links becomes big enough that'll be their ip and you know their the unique pico, selling point is, is the pico i think they also use some light folding lenses though okay so i'm not entirely sure but i mean the technique could be different of course yeah, the way yeah. that they use light folding um but yeah so the interesting thing with this device of course is that you know um it's a, it's a vr and an ar headset in one um they call it a mixed reality device other people would say is it an xr device you know there's a big debate of what's a, a mixed reality headset what's a, a yeah. an ar headset what's an xr headset um i don't know what you guys think about that because there's a lot of confusion around this sort of term and the name the names surrounding these devices at the moment i think there's a simple i have a simple this goes for every word battle ever which is <clears throat> language is like gettysburg the field will be bloody but whoever walks off of it is the winner. And what I mean by that is you choose the language you want to use. Language evolves. Like, whatever you want to use, it doesn't matter. Use it and then uh, just convince everybody. It's a popularity vote in the end because then the people are still surviving 100 years yeah. saying your word. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're the winners. The best example is like the pancake reference. It's an actual thing now. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. I've always hated that. But I have adopted that. <laughs> you have adopted that. Yeah. <laughs> unwillingly. Unwillingly. I have, I have wielded my... Uh, yeah. uh, for me, like, for me personally, it's just VR, AR. Mm. Mixed yeah. reality for me is, is a brand name from Microsoft. Yeah. Although, you know, it depends on the conversation, depends on who I'm talking to. If they want to, you know, refer to it as mixed reality, I'm, I'm fine with that or XR or whatever. Mm. But for me, or to explain to someone else in an easy way, it's VR, AR. Yeah. It's a headset yeah. that does yeah, VR same as this. This, is AR. A, this is a VR headset with pass-through. Yeah. Yeah. Like advanced pass-through, but pass-through. AR to me would be probably similar to what we've talked about on previous podcasts, which is... Uh, you know, you're taking reality and overlaying like a GUI, very much like Minority Report. Mm. Like that's advanced AR, in my opinion. Uh, when they start to mix these two, obviously people are getting into this folding concept. Sorry, I mean folding VR and AR together to form a single headset that can do both capabilities. I still, I'm like Nathy. I, I look at them as separate functions. Mixed reality, it, to me, is kind of a term I'd throw in the bin. The only thing I use it for is to refer to content that's created where you take somebody and you overlay on them the game with elements that makes it look like you're yeah. in a VR game. That's it. Mix, mixing like, mixed reality videos, that makes sense. Everything else. Well, the, the, mix, the mixed reality term has nothing to do with VR. It has more something to do with AR than anything else. Like augmented reality is pretty much a term that is the same as mixed reality. Mm. Yeah. Like for me, when I think of mixed reality, I think of live. You know, like mixed reality oh, yeah. content. Yeah, but that, yeah. that was the first. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, true. And then, and then Microsoft came in and confused everyone by calling their headsets mixed reality, even though they only did VR. Um, and now you've yeah, got. Another, and now you've got XR. There's another term. Yeah. Like, so XR is what? It's just everything under the sun. This is the thing. Like you could say AR is augmented reality, VR is virtual reality, but what is XR? Like I don't even know what that actually stands for. But a lot of no, people. I mean, if you come from like a like a like a mathematics background, that X is usually the variable you need to fill in. So I would indeed like say like X can be everything. Then so it's as all encompassing. It, so as yeah. long as the second term is reality, so it could be so augmented the, reality, virtual yeah. reality, and mixed reality. So yeah. on oh, the, that's uh, a very good answer. Yeah. So, so on Wikipedia, real says, reality. I actually have to Google like XR, um, but it says that it means like extended reality. Okay. It's a term referring to all real oh, and virtual combined uh, environments and human machine interactions generated by computer technology and wearables. 
Because it could also encompass what we were talking about earlier, which is like remote reality or this kind of telepresence concept. Mm. You know, all of that under one term. Um, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. Have an umbrella term, but it's not very useful to us today. I, I, I think like, from now on, we should just all use matrix terms, like starting like now. A, all right. Like, What's your favorite matrix term then, Rowdy? What are you thinking of? Jack Neo. In. Jack in. <laughs> the Neo. <laughs> It's like, like if, if, you, if you look at sometimes how, like, you know, headsets get named, it's it's so, like, stupid where, you know, it's like uh, X this or R this or VR one, two, three, four. It's like, you know, give it a nice code name. Um, Red pill, blue pill. Especially, especially, <laughs> especially if it's for, for consumers. But mm. even enterprises might struggle with that, I would say. Um, yeah. But this is, this is like an enterprise headset, you know, and uh, like Rowdy said, uh, the Lynx R1, uh, you can pre-order it today, by the way. Uh, it costs uh, 1500 US dollars and will ship around summer this year. Uh, so not too long to wait, really. Uh, but it's designed and, and aimed for enterprise, medical and military applications. Although they did touch on some gaming during their keynote. They said they're partnering with a gaming studio. They didn't say who it was um, to make a game for this device that utilizes both VR and your AR real-world surroundings mm. to incorporate both of those functions in a single game. If it's, it's kind of Magic Leap, then I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but is it? I was imagining Nokia Snake, but done in an <laughs> AR format. So it's just like you just see the snake going around in three in volumetric space, coring through apples, Back you know? Pac-Man in VR. Um, yeah. You gotta no, be careful. <laughs> no, but but what you're saying is like they they don't make a game for let's say gamers, but it's more maybe for the Unreal Engine or to kind of as a concept, kind of like as a concept, this, yeah. Because uh, like yeah. this is yeah. a thing, um, you know, they don't have any content right now. You know, to kind of show what the engine yeah. is capable of in in combination with their headset. Yeah, it's just it's just a headset. You know, th th we don't even know what tool set that they're suggesting developers use, uh, whether it's Unreal or Unity or whatever. Or, um, but like I said, is this? Oh, we know. For all we know, it could be this little rock to throw on rocks at you and need to like dodge them. Chuck right? Rock. Oh, don't even start back <laughs> Chuck that. Rock. But, but this is this is pretty still exciting. Like uh, it's the first headset on that chipset for from Qualcomm. Yeah, so yeah, I'm indeed. that's that's the exciting part. The fact that out the gate already with a production headset. So yeah, and, and then not only that, also the fact that we see some standalone activity. Standalone. I think that's that's the biggest biggest takeaway for me here is that it's a standalone headset. You know, we're we're slowly moving away, and you know, for a small startup, it's a big risk to take. But I think you know, they could be, um, you know, they could be onto a winner here with their lens design and, and unique concept. And I wish them the best of luck. So hopefully, battery position is is probably the most aggressive thing they're doing in that package. Um, but I I'm I'm a little bit worried about the rated battery life of two hours because typically companies will say you know they'll give a battery sh shelf life and generally speaking the, the actual real life performance of that is less so if the real life performance of this thing is an hour and a half when it's not tethered and there's no ability to kind of tether it to a pc or whatever for you know pc vr use mm. you can only use it as a uh, tetherless yeah. device uh and it's it, it, you know it that that makes it difficult that makes it yeah. difficult like do you really want a battery sitting in the back of your head and having a tether to a battery pack on your waist? Uh, if it's got like a decent enough cord, potentially, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a problem, but maybe that will be an option. We just don't know yet. But um, I yeah. think it's an interesting think... concept as a headset. And, um, you know, although it won't be like coming to consumers anytime soon, could be a roadmap in the future for them to make a consumer headset in the future. Yeah. yeah. 
I saw people in, in chat talking about kind of Quest 2, and it's kind of a little bit like, yeah, could Quest 2 happen? Now that this headset's announced for summer, it's like, could Quest 2 happen in the next, you know, year? I don't know. Uh, or the, year and a bit? The more mm. I think about it, the less I think it's likely to happen. I'd love there to be a Quest Pro, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, yeah. I think there might be some accessories, maybe, that, that, that Oculus release, like in terms of a new head strap yeah. or um, a better audio, like a, their version of the Vive Deluxe audio strap. I think that would be smart. But why? See, I, I'm, I'm on the opposite side of the fence. If I was in Oculus's shoes now... I'd do exactly what Apple does. Every year, release a new version of your product. They're selling forkloads of it. Yeah. It helps them because the thing is, it's expensive. For anyone who's in a tech industry, it's expensive to get old, outdated equipment, chipsets, all that stuff, because it goes end of shelf life, all that kind of stuff. And already they've shown um, an interest in turning over faster. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if we heard of a Quest 2 in the mm. next year. But, I really I mean, wouldn't. Yeah, here, really but hearing so. is a different story than actually bringing it to consumers. Yeah. Of course, yeah. hearing is uh, is, is going to maybe happen. But the thing is, do like the, the real question is, do you think we're going to have users who are going to use the Oculus Quest 1 and then the Oculus Quest 2? Or is it going to be one is out of business and we're going to move no. slowly to no. the next one? They'll no, no, definitely no, no, no. never do that. They won't do backwards that. Backwards compatible no. for sure. That would be yeah. stupid. Yeah, it would, it would be stupid. <laughs> but like, I think the biggest issue for right now, and as we've highlighted on this podcast with the releases this week, is that it, really the content is the most important thing right now, not hardware. There's you know? one, there, there is almost no content. Yeah. There's, there's loads. <laughs> There's yeah. at least three quality titles hitting every week. Like, like, like if you, if you like that, this is a conversation I had with Mike. Like if Shady. you look at the uh, at, at the Walking Dead, you know, like the impact it had, and also how mainstream it went, uh, not only in the VR bubble but also outside of that. Mm-hmm. And then you look at 2019 in terms of games that came out. There are almost no games that reach that level of hype. Or excitement, you know what well, I mean? Asgard's Wrath. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. But it's, it's it's you can count it on maybe two hands, and that's it. For what? Yeah, Sorry, you course. mean for coming up this year, or what? Do you... Both, both this year. Yeah, if you think about like games coming out this year, like what we've got to look forward to. Of course, Half Life Alex, which is like the huge big hitter. We've got Medal of Honor as well. It's, um, it's, it's like I'm what I'm Lone saying. What I'm saying is like you have like indie indie, but then above that you have like a, a different kind of like mm-hmm. genre, yeah. and 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 that's it's a much smaller market still. Eh? Like yeah, yeah. even if you, if you look at the general gaming market, there's not a, a new GTA drop no, no, no. here either. No, no. But, no, but you so. but you have seen the impact of the big titles. What what happens with the VR market when they come out? Of course, of course, yeah. mm. it's true. But what we're saying is, like, it just feels like a bit empty right now in terms of like stuff <laughs> yeah. coming out. I know, like, I mean, Saints and Sinners only came out like what, like one and a half week ago. Mm. We got Half Life Alex coming yeah, but, out but, uh, next month. Yeah, but look at PC VR. Asgard's Wrath, a couple of yeah, okay, but PC gaming, yeah, sure. Yeah, but Asgard's Wrath is a PC game, right? And uh, oh, you mean only for Quest? Only for Quest. For Quest, no, no, it's like what, like with Quest, it's a different problem. It's like the quality control that's going on, but with PC VR, as as Jim just said, with his like releases, it's like what the heck, what the heck is mm. going on? Yeah, and it's not like first Steam was the only one that had yeah. the problem because of the whole green light system that they kind of threw out of the window. But with Oculus, it's like they like Jason Rubin left right last year as a head of product. content. Yeah, content, content, product, yeah, content, yeah, content, exactly. Um, and now the how, how is the new guy called again? Mike? Mike, I, I yeah, Mike. I just remember um, his name. Oh my Mike. god! But he's how are you going to differentiate yourself if you're ever in a restaurant yes, together? Yeah. You're going to be like, hey, Mike, hey, Mike. But it, he's in charge of content now, Quest, of course, but also PC VR, I think. But PC yeah, VR yeah. was it's like, what's going on? Yeah. And then in the meanwhile, 
of course, Walking Dead is super popular and stuff yeah. like that. But it's Q1 now. It's Q1 still. But, I mean, like this is yeah. always a dead zone. And the other thing is, like, yeah, but last year was also a dead zone. Specific All headsets. Like the thing is, right? Content delivery is not going to be at this stage of the life no, cycle. No. I know. Consistent. I, I still don't. I still and, don't get the issue. Like, what, what do you mean with PC VR? Is, is Saints and Sinners not PC VR? No, no. It's like it's PC like the VR? quality. Of VR titles that that meet the potential of the actual headsets oh, they like are that. selling, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you yeah. go to Oculus Home, if you go to Oculus Home right now, you start scrolling on new releases, you're gonna see a lot of shuffleware, guaranteed. Mm, and and true. that is not subpar with the actual product they are selling. Mm. That's why Zim made the joke of like, hey, uh, this is uh, what you paid for. Mm, and yeah, that kind of exactly. and that kills that kills the excitement. And then you feel yeah. like undervalued as a as someone who bought the product. But this is like like what um, you know, going back and and squeezing the extra value out of things that exist, modding that type of stuff, is a great way, great way to get into stuff that you've missed. Yeah, it is. That you need to catch up on. It is. If you're new in the last two years, there's yeah. a shed yeah. ton of really quality stuff that you have no idea about. You need to do your homework on and go find. Yeah. There's a number of ways to get that, um, but like. There was there was a lot of VR content yes, for you, irrespective of your headset. Content in itself is a problem because I mean I, I can I can play Pavlov for like still like years to come probably, and I won't complain about it. But I do agree with like you know with the kind of new content that is coming to the platform that the bar has been you know quite. Yes, yeah, like like yeah. the thing is I'm talking about responsibility as the you know the the ones that are selling the the headset yeah. with the content like what sony yeah. do right yeah. like, the, like their state of play is great because they go like highlighter yeah. on the things that and, are coming keep people and I, and I think like jason rubin did a great job in terms of what he you know invested into of course the new guy still needs to kind of roll out his plans but it's like come on this looks super unprofessional from the pc vr side of things if you look at your platform it's a mess mm. In terms of, of the games you're trying to sell to people. You're trying to sell shuffleware. Yeah. And that's bad on itself. And because it someone spent just like so much money on a Rift S. Yeah. It used to be hidden, didn't it? Like that kind of shuffleware. Well, they tried to, to kind of hide it a little. But yeah. now because the Quest had so much attention, it kind of shifted. But but I, I, I was hoping that after the Quest being out for six months, uh, developers would kind of shift also back to... Uh, PC VR, but mm. yeah, if you look at the content, it's going, and then you have, as you said before, like Death Lab and other titles, not even putting the effort into making a PC version anymore. Mm. You kind of see, and that's why that's why I usually recommend people to get a Quest or something standalone because that's where yeah. that's where the content lies. That's where the interest mm. of most companies lie as well, and not in the PC VR section, mm. not on Oculus. Home, at least. We've certainly seen that shift, uh, you know, of dedication and interest, you know, from Oculus in terms of their devices. You know, like the Rift S, yeah. we still don't know if hand tracking no. is coming and to Rift S. Another example that I can give is that, like, Defector, Lone Echo 2, and some other titles, Oculus has been constantly, like, waiting with bringing them out because they don't have much. So they're mm. trying to kind of, you know, Spread bring something out. out in the summer, maybe something in the winter, and that's it. But they don't even have that much. These mm. are like kind of like the left leftovers they yeah. invested into. Although, although I remember them saying that they've invested more now than they ever have done before in new games. It's just that they haven't announced them yet. So we just need yeah. to wait until they announce them. Maybe they've got like a dozen great titles yeah. for us to look forward to that are all going to come out, you know, by the end of the year. But yeah. it's just a question we just don't <laughs> know yet, uh, you know, so... Yeah. 
Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, now's a great time to take any questions from the chat. If you've got any questions yeah. for us about any of the topics that we've discussed this week, whether it be like about the links or uh, about Half-Life opposing force or the remote presence tele-existence thing, that was really <laughs> funny, uh, then just chuck them in the in the comments and we'll try and read a couple of them out. And I'll just remind you about the, uh, the show times. So just a reminder, this is a uh, weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. Um, catch the show uh, uploaded on Facebook as whole episodes in the future. We're not live streaming there anymore. Um, you can also catch the show in VR using big screen. A lot of people are using it to check out the show. Uh, I know gaming science teacher uh, really enjoys checking out the show in uh, in big screen sometimes. So shout out to her. Yeah. Um, the show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. Also check out the audio version that Rowdy works really hard uh, to make uh, really uh, nice for your ears on your commute or your travels. You can listen to the show there. And, um, and yeah, and, make sure and, you like uh, and subscribe to the channel. <laughs> Nathan always like, reminds me at the end. I always forget. <laughs> um, wow, man. We've saved, like, is that... We've cut the show 17 hours shy of our normal finish time. Yep. Good job, Mike. Yeah, good job. You can thank me later. Nice and, nice and tidy this week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's talk about uh, Left 4 Dead. Uh, oh, no, wait. That's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, Team Fortress uh, 3 in VR. No? Okay. I'm not biting this week. Okay. No way. Oh, we have a good question, actually, from uh, 86, the Mad Hatter. He said, if you were to choose between purchasing The Walking Dead or Asgard's Wrath, which one would you guys pick? Oh, man, that oh, is a really I, difficult choice. Like, I, <laughs> like, I, I can make a, like an easy answer for me is The Walking Dead just because I, I'm more of a shooter kind of guy. So I, I would go for The Walking Dead. I'm going to say Asgard's because Asgard's has so much polish. Like, literally. that. I mean, I hate Asgard's for the 125 gigabyte hell it has on my SSD. <laughs> get the feck off my hard drive. I'm going to get you finished soon, but... The game is amazing. I have been slack-jawed and gawking scene by scene. You do need a good PC to run it, but when you get that thing running smooth, that is... And it, it's not that it's not well-optimized or anything. It's just very hot, like, rich environments, very rich textures. Um, I haven't beaten the game yet, but I, I feel like there's a lot of depth there. So For that's me, my, uh, that's my I'm with Zim on this one. I'm, I'm also... Although I, I love uh, the Walking Dead in the Sinners, I, I do think that... Uh, considering the amount of content that is present in Asgard's Wrath, the side missions, all of that stuff, I, I, I think I would choose that one. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree as well. I would say Asgard's Wrath, even though I do love Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. I think you know it depends what kind of person you are. Um, you know, if you really like that long-winded story, the Asgard's Wrath clinches it for that. But if you if you love that first-person shooter you know scrapping with zombies then of course go for saints and sinners they're both, they're both excellent games yeah amazing this is like choosing a favorite kid in fact i think i'm gonna get karen and i busy and we're gonna have two more kids i'm gonna call one of them asgards and one of them sinner yeah. there you go you have to choose so mark in the chat says uh, just woke up it's 6 49 a.m in melbourne Ooh. and he will watch the majority of this podcast on reply replay reply. nice um, he says, <laughs> love this shit, love all of you lads. Then we have Samsung Deutschland also tuning in. Thank you, Samsung Deutschland, for tuning into our show. It's a big honor. Wow. And uh, they say, the whole team, whole Samsung from Germany, you know, the whole team is now watching. And they say, we thank you for the short conversation and wish everyone a nice day here. 
Wow. If yeah. you, uh, by the way, want to sponsor us with like a nice TV screen <laughs> on the back. Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. you know, You've got a big from, enough screen as it is. From, from Deutschland, then, uh, you know, we're in. And also, also <laughs> yeah. we want to know about you, the new headset that everyone's talking about, you know, in terms of like leaked paint oh, yeah. for this fi Firefly headset that, yeah. uh, you know, we don't really know anything about yet. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know if they will, but it's already nice that they're already starting to watch now. True. <laughs> True. Oh, they've been watching the whole time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is uh, that is the F Reality podcast this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been episode one hundred and twenty-seven. Uh, we'll be back next week at the usual time, of course, with some more VR, AR, and MR news uh, to uh, you know brighten up your weekend. Until then, we hope you have a great time in VR. Take care, and bye bye for now. Bye bye. See you later.